0: Welcome back, everybody. I hope your week is off to an amazing start. I have been doing some forecasting for 2019, thinking about some of the health trends that we're really going to see this year. And I think there's a few things that are really here to stay and that are gonna kind of like up level in a whole other way. So I think keto is still at kind of the top of the list. Everybody's still talking about that. So I think we're still gonna see a lot about ketogenic diets and even things like intermittent fasting this year. And just fasting in general. I think that's something we're gonna hear a lot about in 2019. And medicinal mushrooms, shaga, rishi, maitake, mushrooms I love taking. I love using them in like elixir form. And I use the coffee blends and the mushroom blends from Four Sigmatic. And there's tons of companies now releasing really great mushroom products. So I think that's gonna be still a huge trend feel like we heard a lot about it over the past two years, but it's still trending upwards for sure. And then outside of the medicinal mushrooms, I think we're going to hear a lot more this year about more like psychedelics, like psilocybin, which is more of a psychedelic mushroom and taking it in low dose. And also things like CBD oil and hemp oil and all of that, that's definitely trending upwards for this year. And something else I think we're going to hear a lot about Is black cumin seed oil. So I noticed this in supplement stores a ton last year, and lots of companies have been releasing black cumin seed oil. There's a few companies that come to mind for sure. I mean, we use the black cumin seed oil from Perfect Press. I know North American Herb and Spice. They have a black cumin seed oil. Uh, I believe NRX has a black cumin seed oil. So there's there's been a lot of companies releasing. Black cumin seed. And I think for many reasons, it's been used for centuries in Ayurvedic medicine and traditional Chinese medicine for treating inflammation and for really just whole body health. I mean, black cumin seed oil has tons of essential fatty acids and phytosterols and just these different volatile compounds. That's just wonderful for optimal health. And I think there's something like 460 published studies involving black human seed oil. So it's pretty awesome. 10 really loves it because from an athletic standpoint, you know he's working with a lot of athletes. So he's really helping them with their recovery and with inflammation and heart health and all of that. So he really loves the black human seed oil. And we just put like one or two teaspoons onto a spoon and then just take it that way. So about one to two teaspoons a day. You can do anywhere from one to three teaspoons a day. And you can definitely mix it with your smoothies. I mean, that's kind of something that I love doing is just kind of throwing everything into my smoothie. But with the black human seed oil, it definitely has a bit of a... Well, it's cumin, right? Like It has a stronger scent to it. So I don't really recommend putting into your smoothie. I tried and it just is not something I could totally mask in terms of the flavor. So maybe something I still kind of need to work on with my smoothie combination, but I would just take it right off the spoon and It's going to be wonderful for supporting heart health and brain health and inflammation and all of that. And so we order ours from Activation Products and you guys can head on over there, ActivationProducts.com, and you can save off of all of their products off of their website with the coupon code HW15. All right. So let's dive in to today's episode. Really excited for this conversation that I had with Jen Oliver. We dive into postpartum sleep postpartum exercise as well as postpartum sex. And we just have such a great conversation about self love and self respect. And especially with mothers, you know, really not just transforming their outer physical health, but their inner health as well. Right. So it's not just about the physical, but it's also the emotional and the psychological as well. And we do talk about core dysfunction and pelvic floor support. And Jen shares a really great tip about her pearl pull-ups, which is going to be really great for supporting core dysfunction and pelvic floor dysfunction. So Jen is the author of the international best selling book, The Love Fit Mama Way, Transforming the Core of Motherhood, and is the creator and host of the Fit Mama podcast. As an author, speaker, and podcaster, Jen inspires, educates, and motivates moms around the globe to begin all things with self-love. Through awareness of safe core fitness, self-care, and mindfulness, she draws on science and the mind-body data to support moms to embrace, nurture, and enjoy their motherhood journey. What she is most passionate about is spreading the message that if you love the body and life you have, you will have the body and life you love. So let's dive into today's episode with Jen Oliver. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're back because our listeners don't actually know it, but you were one of my first women to interview. And then our issues with our tech and our sound and all of that. So here we are months later. So I'm so grateful that you're back. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to dive into our conversation today. But before we do, can you share more about you and what you do?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It is so nice to be back. I know we had a great conversation last time. So, surely it will be just as fabulous this time. Absolutely. I know that you and I share a lot of similar thoughts on similar things. So, it's fun to connect with you. And, you know, I am an author now, and that is what I've really been. Deep diving into is my book over the last couple of years since I wrote it at the end of 2016, and it is The Love Fit Mama Way, Transforming the Core of Motherhood. And this really rings true for me, is this opportunity to transform not only something as solidified as motherhood, but our ideas of how it should be how it could be, and it's really kind of a big thing. And the book itself was sort of created as the way, the love fit mama way, the new way that we can start to think about ourselves, our relationship with ourselves as moms on this journey because, you know, now with the social media that is out there, we know that it's not just all rainbows and butterflies. There are tough times too, right? So I really thought of how can I share a positive, very realistic approach to motherhood and talk about things like the core, which Not a lot of people really understand what is the core. We all want to work our core. We want to lose weight. We want to feel fit, trim, lean, all that stuff. But we actually might be hurting ourselves along the way, which was my story. And that's what I get into in the book, too, is my own injury and how I learned all about the deep inner core physically and how this took me on a very emotional route. And I learned so much about myself and so much about fitness and safe postpartum fitness along the way. So it's really quite all encompassing. And now I've been doing talks and working with women all around the world and running my podcast, the Fit Mom podcast. So I'm doing a lot of different things at the same time as momming, which is my favorite role that I play. And and life to my amazing husband, Chris. So I've been having a lot of
0: fun. That's amazing. Well, I love that your book is literally, you approach it from like the physicalness of your core, yeah. but also the inner work. So you're really addressing the inner and the outer, which I really love. It's like you have this mind-body approach to motherhood and postpartum. So I really love that. So let's dive into some of this. And I think a great area to start with would be with your story and for you to let us know what happened there with your injury. Share with us.
1: Yeah, you know, it was just like many new moms who feel back pain and that really just pain and heaviness in the back that we all have probably felt at some point, especially if we sit at desks or drive in the day or, you know, do all the things that we do as humans in 2018. But it's really something that I didn't think that was a problem for me. I thought back pain, yeah, it's probably just I'm bending over. But what was actually happening was that I had a really deep inner core dysfunction. And so as a trainer at the time, I was teaching fitness classes. I was working out one, two, three times a day. I was working with my clients. I was playing with my kids, picking up my kids my kids were one and three at the time. So I was just doing all the things and really I wasn't slowing down for anyone. And that was most, especially my own deep core. So I ended up looking for help in all the maybe wrong places for me at the time. And I ended up getting a support belt that I ended up really just pinching too hard and pushing my own spine out of alignment in the SI joint area. So yeah. I know. It was about as painful, or if not more, as it sounds. I woke up the next morning after doing this and literally fainted on my way to the bathroom in my own bedroom. And just my husband was scared, shocked. You know, we, I ended up in the hospital. They really had a hard time figuring out what it was because it wasn't such a gross injury that things were popped all out, but I ended up going on a really Long and negative journey in the medical system. Let's put that out there. So, that was really a tough road. And, you know, it got me to go to some pretty deep places. I was an athlete. I was a basketball player at university. I was, you know, I played five years at Queens and I absolutely loved it. I was just an athlete through and through. And after having kids, I wanted to get back into my pre pregnancy and have all the looks and things that I felt were important, not realizing that this deep inner core, this precious deep inner core that nobody really talked about, the pelvic floor, how it works with the diaphragm, the transversus abdominis and diastasis recti, these are all things that I was hanging out talked about. And I was the pre and postnatal expert. I just had kids. I was running the mom and baby boot camp until I couldn't anymore. And I was figuring out, nobody really needs to be doing this at this time. And here's what can happen to you if you don't take care of yourself. So I became a really unfortunate public service announcement where I was <laughs> eating all the warnings, like listen to your body. Cause mine was all about no pain, no gain. And I was an athlete who would throw myself on the rugby field and knock someone down even if it broke something, I never thought any way other. Right. And so I just realized through my journey that this, you know, no pain, no gain. Sure, maybe that worked on the field and I was lucky to not break my nose. But at the end of the day, there's a phase in our lives called motherhood and postpartum Pregnancy and all those times that we really just don't respect, or at least I didn't, and I will take that personally that I just didn't think that I could really hurt myself to the extent that I did, and how that would negatively impact my goals and dreams of being an active mom. And that was really an eye opening experience, to say the least.
0: For sure. And painful. Definitely. So what did your recovery look like? I mean, you speak about pelvic floor and core dysfunction. So I'm sure you had to implement a lot of strategies there to really strengthen your core and support your core, which is, you know, what you do with women in your practice now. And so what did your healing journey really look like?
1: Well, I spent a lot of time really learning and investigating how did the core work because I wanted to be able to communicate this simply and easily to others because it is confusing. It's like all the muscles, all these words in Latin, like, come on, <laughs> right. Right? yeah, let's get with it. It's like, okay, not all of us are ready to memorize that and be ready to regurgitate. Right. So it really was about me understanding it to the fact that I could teach it. But what more it was, was actually me unlearning what I had been doing incorrectly and relearning how to do it correctly. Because it's funny how your body changes, right? And it just adapts to these changes and you are unaware, right? You wander around thinking things are always working just like they were working and it just simply isn't the case. And that's the case with postpartum and pregnancy. So when we're pregnant. Our inner core, these four muscles that I often talk about, the pelvic floor, the TVA, the diaphragm, and the multifidus muscles of the back, they work synergistically before you're pregnant, when you're pregnant, and after you're pregnant in a way that they hold you up, right? This is your deep core. This is important part of your posture, your structure, how you walk, how all the rest of your muscles and your whole entire body move and connect. And it really is important that it functions properly. And so you're born with it functioning properly, hopefully. And as you go throughout your life, it's functioning in a certain way. And then when you become pregnant and you're growing a human in your abdomen Let's keep that there for a minute. Totally. It always sounds wild when I hear it. Yes. It's kind of a big deal, right? Kind of a big deal that we don't pay our respects to in some way. We just go, yeah, my body did it. And you know, there was no change, but there was change. And while growing that baby, the amount of intra-abdominal pressure that happens, that means the pressure growing inside the abdomen is so big that it actually... Changes this synergistic nature of those deep muscles. So they're not working in a functional way when that baby is big. And if you've grown multiple babies, you know, I had an over nine pound baby myself, and things change, things move. And you don't wake up the next morning and business as usual, it's all back to normal as much as we would like to think it is. And so it's really important that we give that the respect that it deserves, right? So it's the relearning of how that works, that we teach it again, after the baby's gone, we don't have that level of pressure. Well, let's not recreate that level of pressure by doing all the things all the wrong way, as we've actually learned to do to adapt to pregnancy. Because pregnancy itself, we all know who's been through it knowing oh my gosh there was things that went on in my body i had no control over right so we realized the importance of understanding and respecting that time knowing things changed and then we relearn so for me it took a lot of time to relearn that and unlearn right my body worked in such a way for its whole life and when i had this injury all of a sudden By the time I really figured out that I was the one that was going to change me, because after I hurt myself, anyone who's hurt themselves or has a physical or medical diagnosis or doesn't have one and is searching for one, it's a long road. So I kind of put it to the medical system for a while and was like, figure out what's wrong with me. I can't move. Figure out what's wrong. I can't move. And all the while, I wasn't moving, which was creating its own little low grade to creating to a big grade issue, if you know what I mean. So shutting off muscle groups through pain, pain has a crazy effect on us. So you know that when you're in pain, your body is not working the way it needs to work. And it's feeling pain. It's trying to dull pain in certain ways. So I know for a fact, I didn't bend forward in a forward bend kind of way for years because it hurt. So I thought, well, I can't do it because I'm going to hurt it more, which unfortunately wasn't the case. It was really that I needed to do it and realize that it was going to be painful, but worse pain if I didn't work it, right? Got it.
0: Yeah. So quite the journey. Yeah.
1: So there was that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It, It was that and it was a lot of that. I mean, now I'm four years later and to be honest, I'm still doing a lot of breathing, a lot of posture, a lot of very tiny twisting movements, starting to build back up the connection in the deep core and all the fascial lines of the body because they do shut off in a way. And if you were pregnant, had a baby, had another baby and maybe had baby losses or had issues Conceiving these emotional and very intense happenings to your body and mind through years and years and years. I mean, your entire body regenerates itself over a seven year period. So you may have been going through that for more time than your body could catch up. And you know, there's a lot
0: going on. So you mentioned two really important things there. You said breathing and posture, which I feel like so many women probably neglect when it comes to strengthening and supporting their core. And so can you expand on what that would look like? What does that mean to focus on your breathing and to focus on your posture? And how does this even relate to supporting our core?
1: Well, the thing is, is that it's not as sexy, right? Totally. Yeah. It's like, oh, breathe, right? It's like, oh, get more sleep, right? When we're told that, we're just like, you're annoying. It's all annoying.
0: Stop. Totally. You get our, roll your eyes at you.
1: Yeah, right? And I was the same way. And like I said, I was so into fitness and I was so passionate about movement, And when I couldn't move, it was kind of like I was stuck as a prisoner in my own body. And while that sounds awful, and truly it was, it was also a fabulous learning experience. And I kind of was like, wow, I get to actually reconnect with this body that I've been trying to disassociate from because of the pain, trauma, issues, pressure, whatever I was feeling. And it's amazing the connection between our feelings, how we actually feel and what's going on in our core and our gut, right? And we know about that gut brain and how our hormones, you know about that, how they're affected with how we're feeling and our emotions. And so there's this very deep connection that breathing and kind of slowing down actually brings back a whole part of our nature that we sort of devalue in this kind of rushing, rushing, achieving oriented world, which I am very easily succumbed to on a daily basis because that's how we were conditioned, right?
0: Right. So I took two questions from my community. Yeah. I let them know that I was having a pelvic floor expert come on the show. Oh, fun. And I have a feeling I know what you're going to say to them. (laughs) But one of the questions that came in from Casey, she said, I had a flat six pack before my kids. Will I ever be able to get back to this?
1: Excellent question. And the first answer is yes, absolutely. Whatever you were, you can return to and then some. And I'm not talking on just a physical level on that one. She's talking specifically about six pack Everybody's different, so without seeing her, touching her, that kind of thing, I do recommend, as I do with all moms, to go to a pelvic floor physiotherapist and someone who can check her for a diastasis recti, right. which is that thinning of the fascia called the linea alba down the midline of the abs. So, you know, the six pack that's three on one side, three on the other, down that midline it can become very thin as you create space for that baby. And what happens after birth or postpartum, it doesn't necessarily come back together again and become thick and what we call tense. So it's really about figuring out how tense across that midline are you, or are you able to push in and feel the organs underneath? Because that's just a thin linea alba that requires some physiotherapy, which most people require. It's not rare and it's not weird and horrible and the end of the earth. So it's just about knowing that most people have that, getting checked for it, understanding what is and isn't going to create it. To get worse. So, things like planks, things like crunches, Russian twists, a lot of jumping, box jumps, things like boot camps, running with the stroller, these things can all create more intra abdominal pressure. And so, what once was a very strong and functional core that appeared as a six pack has more to do with the body fat level, and then the function of the deep inner core, which is really the transversus abdominis, the muscle layer under the six pack. So that's what I call the flat abs muscle is the TVA. And if you really want to get so-called six pack and flat abs, you really want to understand the TVA, the transversus abdominis. And I say that You know, you can Google that because understanding it visually, we create neural pathways to connect the brain to the body. And if we don't have any idea in our head, what that may look like, it's just like imagining, you know, what's a mountain? Look like? Well, I don't know. I've never seen one, so I have no absolute idea what that would be. Well, the minute I take a picture or look at a picture of a mountain, I can imagine a mountain very easily. So, creating that visual by Googling it, seeing a video, I have a video on my YouTube channel at Love Fit Mama. That is specifically hashtag no crunches. (laughs) Love it. And there's some anatomical views. Yeah, that you know, you can actually visualize why, when I do a crunch, is this actually very harmful for my pelvic floor that really will give me back pain, dysfunctional core, symptoms like incontinence or an urgency to pee. And all the things that, you know, I talk about at Fitmama, which are things that you really don't want. And unfortunately we don't talk about this until after it's happened.
0: Right. Right. So are you saying that whether you've had babies or not, these are the ideal types of exercises to do and to avoid?
1: Well, you know that's a really great question and I'm I'm glad you're asking that because I know other people will probably wonder the same thing. Right. And I'm asked this often because it's very different what we think is the cause of something like incontinence or pelvic floor dysfunction, right? We think about this idea of the pelvic floor and we think of this notion of being loose or being tight, right? Like that is if you're loose you're going to leak. Or if you're tight, you're not. Somehow we should do more Kegels and squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And it's really not the case. That actually isn't correct. And so oftentimes we're seeing that the ones who have incontinence are often too tight in the pelvic floor. And many gymnasts, trampolinists, athletes, previous dancers, even previous to getting pregnant are the ones who are struggling with incontinence. And they often have incontinence before they ever even get pregnant. Again, not something we usually talk about until after you have babies, then it's really bad. Then I have to run out of fitness class, et cetera.
0: Right, okay. So there was another question that came in from Melody and it was about her bladder. So she said, my bladder postpartum is not what it once used to be. And I find IP when I jump or I laugh, how can I fix this? So I think just sending her to the link that you share to your videos, that would be really wonderful. Yeah. Okay, great. Love that.
1: Yeah. Finding a pelvic floor physiotherapist in your area. I have people PMing me and I welcome you to DM me. I always am recommending... I work globally now with pelvic floor physiotherapists. So, you know, finding one who does internal exams will check your pelvic floor to see how it functions, see where it might be tight or there are trigger points or it's causing misalignment. And that really reflects up the spine. We don't realize how hunched over we are while we're nursing or carrying our babies, lifting them out of the crib, legs straight while we dig deep into that crib to get the little baby who maybe they started at 6 or 7 pounds now they're 20 pounds right. and more
0: it you know we don't factor these pieces in right okay great points and in the beginning chapter of your book you actually talk about patience And I think it's so important to talk about patience and maybe you can share some advice and some strategies for women to really cultivate more of this. Because just like you said, you were an athlete, you had your kids, you wanted to get back to it. And it was like this hustle, hustle, go, go, go. And that just did not serve you. And I know many women can relate to that and they really need to learn how to cultivate that patience. So can you expand on that?
1: Well, the big piece here, I believe, is around this disconnect we have between our head and our heart and how we think and how we feel. And there's no time so valuable as that new mom period because it really will never come again. I mean, every day will never come again. and. You know, I talk about this with my kids every day. Our prayer when we wake up is thank you for this day that will never come again. And our prayer before we go to bed is thank you for this day that will never come again, that we know it is only here for such a short time. And it's oftentimes those days feel long, but if we can connect with those moments and stop thinking about how things should be or what we need to make money doing this or that, or we need to further our career or not further our career. Depending how we feel, it's what we think we should do versus what we really want to do, which is what our heart is telling us. And we don't want to listen, right? We want to say, oh no, I should this, I should that. They need me this project but you are replaceable at work. You're not replaceable at home. And to actually disconnect from your desire to be home, to think it's some career oriented thing or the opposite, right? Or how many moms think they want to stay home? Then they go, no, this is actually really not for me. And that's okay. Hey, but what it is is the disconnect. It's when we think it should be the other way. Right. We have so much negativity around that. And that really manifests as stress and anxiety and more physiological and hormone changes that we don't respect again. And we just keep on trucking, thinking things should be a certain way. So, you know, that's why I talk about things like patience because we think they aren't that important. And we go, oh, I wish I had more patience. I'm not patient, right? We just throw that off the cuff. But how about cultivating that and allowing yourself to be patient with your body during those times when all those changes are going on. And and meanwhile, you are required to not sleep, keep a human alive and possibly many other humans happy. And it's just so... Important that you take care of yourself during those moments because that's when things go awry and you start finding I have this issue and that issue. You know, if it's not a physical injury that I gave myself, it would have been Lord knows what immune issue or hormone thing or stress, depression, what who knows, right? Right. There are so many diagnoses we could choose from, but some often. When we really slow down long enough to breathe and get the sleep we need, as unsexy as it is, we have a whole new perspective on, wow, I'm
0: just going to enjoy what is instead of what I think should be. That's such a good point. And I feel like I'm constantly repeating myself in my practice with my clients. And I'm always like, you just need to sleep. Just get more sleep. And I know it was an area for me that I had to focus on, mm-hmm. and it helped tremendously oh, yeah. with supporting and healing autoimmunity. And I do feel like women hear that and they're just like, huh, really? That's it? You know, they're like looking for the answer in the bottom of some pill bottle or some, you know, magical pill shake, something that's going to do it for them. But yeah, it's just like you said, it's unsexy, but it's what really, really works and what. What is the foundation for everything else, right? So speaking of sleep, let's dive into postpartum sleep. I can only imagine the sleep deprivation that takes place with a newborn. I can only imagine because I don't have and nor have I experienced it. So what are some sleep strategies you can offer to new moms?
1: Well, the first one really lies in the permission to sleep. You know, we have that whole... What am I going to choose between laundry and dishes and the other kids and husband and sleep, wife, whatever? These are all thrown into the mix. And yet we have to choose, but we often don't choose ourselves. And the top one I throw up on the list for at least the first year, if you have multiples, I go multiples. Three to five years postpartum, at least that is prioritized. And most people want to wake up to the gym or join the thing or, you know, during nap time, do the whatever's cool they can Instagram. But how about catch up on the nap, right? Know that it's going to make you sane again. And we try and look for those, like you said, quick fixes, or we look in all the wrong places. We're scrolling Instagram, if you will, instead of getting the sleep we need because we're looking, we're outside ourselves in this seeking process. And often it's that quiet looking inwards and listening within that is, again, not sexy, but often just scary, right? We just don't know what we're going to find when we look inward. And that's one of the things I get with my fit mamas who really are ready to step in and go, yeah, I want to learn the fit mama foundations. Like, why do you have sleep as number one? Why is this so important? Like I get sleep, but like, why? Why? And it's really because it honors you and it puts you first and it speaks to the universe about your values. And when you don't value yourself and your need for this fundamental need, you know, it goes above food and water almost. It's so valuable. And no matter what we've studied in science, we still can't figure it out. But it's so important, right? So Absolutely. it piques that curiosity and it also just makes you go, okay, I give in to myself. And it we only value it or justify it, if you will, around postpartum. And then somehow we go, oh no, I should do this and I should wake up and I shouldn't be this tired. But it's really getting out of the head and into the heart and letting yourself choose you and that's choosing sleep. So yeah, strategies wise, it's whatever makes you justify it to yourself. People like to get the kitchen clean and everything done and all the things. And it's like, what's going to let you turn off? You know, Some people say, I can't shut off until all these things. Well, choose what's going to let you shut off. Do you need to hire someone to help you? Is that feasible? Or do you just need to learn to breathe and shut off
0: and just be like, it's okay. It doesn't look perfect right now. Absolutely. I love that. And I know for women who, I mean, who are mothers, but even just women in general, like I can totally relate just from a business standpoint of, I feel like I can't even settle into my day until XYZ is done, you know, until like the bed is made and the kitchen's clean. Like there's a certain way that I need things to be in order to just get into my day. So I can only imagine as a new mother who has all these dishes piling up and laundry and all this stuff and and then they're exhausted. I mean, I get it. I can totally get that. Mm -hmm. And so... I think that, you know, saying permission to sleep is so important because that also comes from this place of learning how to cultivate more self love and listening to your intuition and just really being more conscious of how you're approaching your everyday. And so you speak a lot in your book about being conscious of your everyday thoughts and learning how to come from a place of love. And I can only imagine some of the women and the mothers that are listening are like, how do I do that? How do I learn? learn how to come from this place of love? You
1: know, it is a practice and that's what I really want to emphasize. You know, we think we can change all of our head talk overnight and, you know, we can change our perspective largely, but our head talk has often been ingrained and conditioned in us for so long. And, you know, we've been put... Down, then we put down ourselves, and we recur these stories and cycles over and over and over. And it's not until we start becoming conscious and not focusing outside ourselves all the time, when we do listen within, we start to understand our motivations for things. You know, we go, Oh, I'm lazy, I don't go to the gym. But have you ever actually asked yourself, you know, what feelings does the gym bring up in you? You know, maybe it's shame, maybe it's blame, maybe it's responsibility, maybe it's vulnerability, you know, but actually thinking, introspecting. And so coming from love is really about identifying, you know, not by judging yourself, but by compassion being the guide, right? following this delicate, I call it delicate discipline. And I have a podcast all about it. I talk about this delicate approach with yourself because often we're so delicate with our kids, our babies, our husband or wife, but we don't have that delicate approach with ourselves. And we seek it we go, why is he not? seeing this? And why is this not working out? And we so often are looking in those wrong places, you know, which is a recurring theme when we're so scared to look within. And, and, you know, it is a really a practice and a process to look from within to start with love. And that's why, you know, it isn't a blog. It is a book because it is a process that is begun and is ongoing. And it's a new way of thinking and feeling. So I talk about this in my last TEDx, Talk how to love yourself to the core because it's really about that listening to your heart, right? Not letting that head talk get in the way. And the heart is always in love, it's always in gratitude. And maybe when it's not in love, it's because it's in trauma. And we don't want to face sometimes the trauma, which I get a hundred percent, but it's really where the magic is and it's really where the breakthroughs are. And so it's at what level you're ready to face, you know, and that was with my back pain, you know, the irony, but really the message I kept getting with my back was the forward and backward flexion was the pain for me. It always was pain. So I would do sideways movements and not realizing that it was just facing things head on that really, yeah, it was going to be painful, but until I did that motion and breathed slowly through it and was like, you know what? That was then. This is now. And this breath is different than all the ones that came before. And this breath doesn't actually predict the future. It's just this one. And if I can be in no pain, I'm all gain in this moment. And that's what's really important is to just be okay with that and set those boundaries around it, right? There'll always be more dishes piling up, but it's just asking yourself if you're ready to ask for the help you need
0: and receive the help that's ready to help you. I love that. Really, really great advice there. And I know so many women who are listening are probably like, how does she do it? How does she sound like she has it all together? And she's coming from such this great place of love and intuition. And it's just like you said, it's a practice. This did not happen for you overnight. And it's the same with myself. It is years and years of practice and constantly, it will always be a practice. Like it doesn't just end one day. You'll reach new breakdowns and we'll have to learn how to get through that and reach a new level of self awareness and self love. So, thank you. Thanks for highlighting all of that. Wow. Yeah. So, I'd love to dive into a juicy topic, which is sex, postpartum sex. Ooh, I like it, <laughs> which I know can be a challenge for many women. And so, what tips and advice can you really offer women who are ready to reignite their sex life after baby? Great question. I'm
1: so glad we dove in here because it really is one of those topics that's not often talked about, even sometimes among girlfriends and mom friends. You know, it's one of those sort of taboo topics, and rightly so. Many people have been through a lot of traumas they aren't ready to bring up in a mom circle. And, you know, there's very real traumas that have happened and that are currently happening for women. So it's understandable, but, you know, really highlighting that the connection with a partner of any sort a spouse whoever it really is about the connection with yourself first and often we think it's time to get our sex life back but what does that mean for you right and it's really about asking yourself the question about what it means you know for me it was a lot of Self-exploration again, like reconnecting with my own body, talking to my husband who you know was very open to asking me, you know, how does this feel? How is this different? Actually inviting me to tell him what feels good, what feels different afterwards. How do I want to be involved in the whole sex and communication? Right. right. You can't Negate the fact that this is all about communication. And oftentimes we don't communicate what is really going on for us, whether it's at work, with our families, with our extended families, with our mom, dad, whomever. It's this lifelong pattern of not addressing things that is quite common. And so we push aside our own needs, we push aside our own wants, right? Have many new moms had orgasms? I don't know. Had they had them before they had babies? I don't know. How much are they talking about that and really connecting with it, right? So it really is about communication with yourself and if you're open to discovering what your body needs, what your body wants. It's going through a phase, wherever you are, whatever your age, wherever your hormones, it's going right. We all have a cycle every day of our life. We're in a different way. You know, we're not like men and men is what most of the studies out there have been built upon yes. we're women. And yeah, it's a whole new bag of bones. They're just discovering here in 2018 and beyond. Right. <laughs> right. It's the land of the unknown and no, nobody really knows how to even test stuff. So it's really about listening to your body because you can Google till the cows come home, but the answers aren't out there. They're actually in here. And that's, what's really important. So discovering, really reconnecting with your man or your woman and really asking, what do I want? Because we never really do that.
0: Right, right. I think out of fear of hurting somebody or being judged. So I think that open communication is so vital in just all areas of our lives. That's so important. And so a little off topic, I remember reading in your book, you went on a 10-day silent meditation retreat known as Vipassana meditation, and you were 10 weeks pregnant when you went on this silent retreat. So I would love to hear all about your experience and how was that?
1: Yes, I would absolutely love to share this. Just to track back on the sex topic, I was away from my husband. So he travels a lot for work. And absence has a benefit, I will say. You know, (laughs) I miss him a lot when he's gone. So it is a treat. You know, not everyone can accommodate their lifestyles that way. We happen to. You know, I'm going to Hawaii for 10 days, I was gone for that retreat for 10 days. Right. And I go away for stints at a time and keeping it exciting, right? You can get into this old repetitive pattern, always the same thing, always the same time, always the same, but nothing actually is feeling. It's just the doing, right? So right. I like to connect with the feeling of things. And this is a topic, again, most people don't talk about because they go, oh, that's all washed up or, oh, that's so convoluted, or who knows what's going on for her. It's that time of the month. It's this, we don't even want to broach the subjects, right? Well, I'm all about broaching those subjects, you know? So I love that. And I know you are too, but it's really about, hey, does 10 days away on a silent meditation retreat sound like A, torture, B, bliss. C, I don't even understand what you're talking about. Right. You know, D, what what other options, right? It's like, oh my gosh, what is this? And Vipassana meditation, you know, you can Google it. Vipassana is a style of meditation and one of the tenets of it is going on this 10day retreat where then you can do three-day meditation retreats you know of silence but it's being silent no reading no writing no chatting it up smiling even with anybody for 10 days Wow and you know yeah it, everybody who knows me actually thinks I was completely nuts because how did I stop talking for 10 days right that could go on
0: my fiance says the same thing. He's like, you would never last. You would never last.
1: I know. Right. We would podcast, right. And chat for a living. But I mean, it's funny because it really is about just getting out of our head and those thoughts and those things that have actually just been conditioned to us. I've always, you know, studied psychology, neuroscience, but I'm really interested in the way we work as humans and how the brain and the mind is connected to the body and our subconscious mind. And it really is so unique that you can connect these two, but it's only through silence. And we talk so much. And, you know, I was actually joking out with a friend over the weekend about how much we talk and, you know, we're always competing talking and it's like my husband jokes, oh, did you even get a time to talk with her? And, oh, she talks a lot. Oh, he talks a lot. Well, I talk a lot, right? We could talk a lot, but the beauty is in that silence, right? It's in the deep breath, it's in the disconnecting from what we've been taught and just trusting that what we feel now is based on what we've learned. Yes, being and breathing now doesn't take away my queen's degree or my personal training certifications or my this degree or that. can But it it actually allows me to interact with the here and now as it is instead of as it should be in my conjured up mind of this or that, right? It's not being attached to the stories in your head. It's just sure, you can hear them and you can laugh humorously at them and go, oh yeah, you're still playing that old story about this and that, right? And it's just about joking and being, playing with life and really connecting with the body that you have. This is your one body here with you till the day you're gone. Who knows what came before? Who knows what comes after? We can ponder and talk about that till the cows come home also, But what's real for you right now, right? And that's what the Vipassana taught me. You know, I had a baby in my belly. I was on cloud nine, growing a human, thinking, what could this be? So I was connected with someone else. I didn't need to smile at all the people or have chats, right? I was like happy as clam. Uh So, you know, maybe I'm biased on my opinion of the whole journey. But I mean, to be silent, I've practiced meditation every day of my life since, knowing it's where the blessings lie. It's where the good stuff is. And when we're seeking, when we're hoping and wishing, we're living in the future or the past, reliving dramas and not facing the trauma, we end up just replaying over and over the same old things. And we end up having a life that seems to look like what we didn't want it to look like. And yet we can produce and create as we are creators, we are women and we
0: can create anything from nothing. Absolutely. We sure can. Well, I think that's wonderful. And especially that you were 10 weeks pregnant. I mean, what an amazing experience. And I'm sure many women know how or expect what their schedule is going to be like once that baby arrives. So having that time to really... slow down and just have that time for yourself and for reconnection. I think that's so wonderful. I feel like it should be part of the pregnancy process. Every woman has to go on a 10-day Vipassana meditation. That's awesome.
1: Oh, I would be the biggest advocate for it. Absolutely.
0: And so where did you go? Where was yours located?
1: So it was actually located just north of Toronto in Canada. And it was pay what you can. At the time I was just starting out my business. I had been working here and there and I thought, you know what? Everything was cost prohibitive. And I kept using that as an excuse to not invest in myself in a way that I knew was going to actually give me the, if you will, degree in me that Mm -hmm. I actually needed to learn before I became a mom and tried to put all my old baggage onto her. It's been epically useful, even in a pay what you can manner. So it was a charitable donation. You give back and they feed you and you just go there. They give you a room to yourself. And it was really like, I would say, uh, maybe glamping version of camping.
0: <laughs> right.
1: And you know, I'm not a camper and I'm a hoteler. And so it was really a great experience just getting out of my element, maybe out of my zone of familiarity into what possibility
0: could be? Absolutely. I have a friend that's going to one in January, and I think it's the same one because he mentioned in Canada, so it's awesome. I'm going to put it on my radar of things to do, and Ooh, I love it. I just don't know if I can do the silence for 10 days, but <laughs> we'll see. I'll have to do some practicing yeah, on that. You can. So where can our audience find you? I know you're hanging out on Instagram, and where online can they find you?
1: Yes, I am at Love Jen Oliver on Instagram and on Facebook. I have a Facebook group, the Fit Mama group. So if you search groups under Love Fit Mama, you will find us. And we love hanging out in there, having different little challenges that can get you thinking and being in a different way. So just thinking about you know, Hey, maybe I would like to try something different because that's really what being a fit mama is all about. It's the mindset. It's just seeing things that could be a different way. Instead of saying, I could never, I this is hard or, right. you know, it's challenging yourself to a new way. Totally. And we talk a lot about the core. We talk a lot about safe postpartum fitness. We talk about rehab. We talk about Pilates, which is one of the ways that I really encourage women to breathe back into their bodies. People are asking me, how do I get my body back? It's about breathing back into your body, moving it safely with a trained Pilates instructor who can really reteach you how to breathe. The breathing that I teach, the pearl pull-ups, I call them, is a way to connect to your deep inner core. And that's also on my YouTube channel. So we can link up that one as well, because having that download of an audio, me talking you through this breathing exercise, I call it inner size, really reconnecting with your core. You know, that's the first place to start. We don't have to join a new gym, pay a new something. We just need to put some earbuds in, reconnect with ourselves, breathe. And, you know, I'll share a couple audios with you that will help people kind of
0: listen within and breathe and just get back into themselves. Okay. That'd be great. Yes. And I do have a URL here for your pearl pull-up. So I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. I'm sure many women would love that. Amazing. And then your book can be found on Amazon and just pretty much everywhere. Yeah.
1: Amazon all over the globe. It was an international bestseller. So we have great reviews from around the world. So we're very grateful.
0: Amazing. Congrats. That's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I will be sure to share all of this in the show notes so everybody can go over and access the Pearl Pull-Ups and go find you on Instagram and connect with you. And if they've got more questions, just find you and send a direct message and connect with Jen online.
1: Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Please. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for all that you do. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jen Oliver. You can head on over to Instagram and follow Jen at Love Jen Oliver. And you can also head on over to her website, jenoliver.com. And be sure to check out her podcast, The Fit Mama Podcast. You can grab today's show notes over on the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash. Episode 44. That's the number 44. I will be sure to link up Jen's social media, as well as access to her 21 day Love Your Body program and access to the Pearl Pull Up. So you can grab all the links there on the show notes at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 44. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in, and I will chat with you guys next week.